I'm really upset with myself because I took so long to watch this film. Now, being a person who is a big Quentin Tarantino fan, it's surprising to hear myself even think that way. And most of it is simply for one simple reason, and that's because I really didn't know what this film was even about. You know, I'll be 100% honest with you. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the most recent Quentin Tarantino film that came out in um, 2019, and I never sat with it simply because it was one of the most confusing things to me because it was kind of like Noom. You guys, you guys ever hear of Noom? Yeah, to this day, I don't know what Noom does. That's how I sort of felt watching trailers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had no idea what the actual movie was about. No matter how many times I saw the trailer, I had no clue what I was getting into. What is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? There, it, there isn't anything straightforward like what you get with Django Unchained or what you get with Hateful Eight or what you even got with, say, you know, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction isn't even a name of anything. You just kind of knew that you were getting something really good with it, but this is meant to be, this is a title that's meant to sort of grab you as like a, hey, here is a movie about, you know, something and it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was just confusing for me. So I let it kind of fall by the waistline, and that's my own fault, because holy shit was I missing out. This film is so awesome, and it's so mad, it, it's so maddening that this is his second to last film. Now, for those who aren't really engaged in the Quentin Tarantino universe, Quentin Tarantino has said from I think maybe his second film, or maybe even before that, from what I can think of, I can only think of it going as far back as the late 90s, which he already had two films under his belt by then, maybe his third, he's always said that he's gonna do 10 films, and that's it. He's only doing 10 films in his entire film history, and he's already done nine of them. This is the ninth one. Of course, Hateful Eighth was the eighth one, and you work your way back. Now, I don't know what the 10th one's going to be. I do know that there was a lot of conversation about doing a Kill Bill 3. And one of the rumors going around, I don't know if it's ever been clarified as being true or not, but I remember seeing that the rumor of Kill Bill 3 was he was waiting until the actual actress who played um, the bride's daughter, Uma Thurman's daughter, that actual actress turned of age to what fits in what he wants the continuation of that story to be. So he wanted to use the same actress just waited until she was of age for the next portion of the story so it made sense. And he didn't want to use some older actress and replace her. He wanted to use that actress. That might be real or not. I don't know. But that might be still on the table as his last film. And that's upsetting because this is a really good last film for him if he really wanted to. Like, one of the things I appreciate is, like, between this film and uh, Inglonious Bastards and Django Unchained. It's just that idea of like changing history in a way or just adding a little bit more flair to actual historic events. And that's not what I sort of expected with this film going into it. But when I did get it, I, I was not disappointed. I'm going to tell you that much. So this film takes place pretty much revolving around two essential characters. It's Leonardo DiCaprio's character and um, uh, Brad Pitt's character. Leonardo DiCaprio plays this, plays this actor, Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton, as far as I know, is not a real actor from any 
form of the world. Like, there's a bunch of things in here that I kind of made up, but they still fit around that time of, like, the, the late 60s and early 70s. So, Rick Dalton is this actor who's re really known for westerns and this western characters and uh, real high-level western television shows. So, he's, he's a western actor. His stunt double is played by uh, Brad Pitt, whose name is uh, Cliff. And Cliff and Rick are kind of inseparable, whereas Cliff is sort of Rick's right-hand man, being his stuntman, and has been his stuntman for pretty much everything he's ever done. But he's also, you know, helps him around, helps him fix around his house a little bit. He's really just the best friend of Rick. So it's based on Rick kind of feeling like he's at the end of his ropes as far as being an actor is concerned. And he doesn't like that. So he's trying to, like, get himself back on the horse and become an even... Get get, get his second win. Get, get Push his career back into place so he can be a successful actor again. And Cliff is kind of just along for the ride in a way. But a lot of the story is focused on him as well. So while Rick is trying to get his name reset in stone in a way, you have Cliff who goes off and is kind of just dealing with things on the Hollywood strip. Now... You also have in the background Margaret Robbie playing Sharon Tate and her kind of being Rick's next door neighbor because it's based around the time where Sharon Tate was uh, married to Roman Polanski. And for those who aren't <laughs> engaged in history like that, uh, Sharon Tate is one of the most high profile victims, I believe, of the Manson family. And she was married to Roman Polanski and the house that... You know, she lives in in this film is essentially the house that she gets murdered in. Now, you don't necessarily realize that right off the bat unless you really know that for sure until later on in the movie where you realize like, oh, Roman Polanski lives next door to Rick. This is around the same time that Roman Polanski is now married to Sharon Tate. Here's Sharon Tate played by Margaret Robbie, doesn't really have a lot of dialogue. He's just kind of walking around, seeing her own movies and buying shit on the street. It's really focused on Rick and Cliff. So Rick's off being a tremendous bad guy in Westerns. And of course, it's just Leonardo DiCaprio playing a dude who's playing a dude, playing another dude. And then here's Cliff out here fighting Bruce Lee, <laughs> which is hilarious. Again, star-studded cast, because you got Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, you got Margaret Robbie, you got Dakota Fanning, um, uh, Kurt Russell, Al Pacino pops up in it. There's just so many really good people that are kind of popping up in this, that it's all just like this, al this, this algamation of just anybody who Quentin Tarantino knows and is just doing it for him. In a way, you know what I mean? Like, Luke Perry pops up in this for about, you know, 15 minutes. And it's just amazing that it's just, you have all these people kind of just waltzing around this film. And it's just, it's just this kind of collection of everything that we know about Quentin Tarantino. Every little piece of this story is kind of just little pieces of what his history in film is. So that's why you kind of look at this and you go, oh... This should have been his last one. I know a lot of people have probably said that by now, but I'm saying it now because I'm finally sitting through the movie realizing, hey, this should have been his last one. This is an amazing film. So this, this whole story kind of comes to this close because Cliff winds up meeting up with a bunch of yuppies. He pisses them off. Those yuppies wind up being the Manson family. So they go to kind of murder the Tate family and they get entangled with Rick and Cliff. Now Cliff is just a stunt man, but he's also a real badass in the film. So being a real badass, he winds up 
beating the crap out of these three people from the Manson family and totally annihilating them, except for one who who Rick totally devours with a flamethrower he got off the set of a movie he did. And it's just this what-if story of, like, if you had this one different thing in history, this one thing that changed history just a little bit, how would it make it different? So this, what this did, essentially, was say... Instead of them going after, you know, Sharon Tate, they crossed paths with Cliff again and in essence trying to murder anybody in the house with Cliff, which is essentially Rick and Rick's wife at the time, they get their asses handed to them and everybody lives, including Sharon Tate. So when you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, you know that Quentin likes to play in the what if realm a lot. And I really was not expecting that walking into this. And the fact that I got that because I went into it totally like oblivious to the whole thing just made it that much better. It's so awesome to kind of look at a film like that. And I guess I'm glad I didn't know what anything about it was up until that point. Even the fact of missing it for so many years and not giving it the chance until just recently, I'm actually happy I did that because I was able to appreciate it so much more. It's just Weird to think that there's another one after this. There's at least one more after this. And if rumors are still true, it's going to be Kill Bill Volume 3. But I hope it's not. I hope it's something more like this or even something a little bit more with a little bit more substance. I'm not saying Kill Bill doesn't have substance. I'm just saying this had a substance that I didn't even know was there. And it blew me away. I'm still okay with not have seen it until now. But I am really mad I did not see it when it came out.